relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Going deeper on the big issues that matter to you. This is your exclusive podcast, America First, one-on-one, with me, Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to President Donald J. Trump. How often does it happen to you that you see somebody come up with a great idea and you go, ouch, I wish that had been my idea? Well, that's exactly the case with our next guest, He is a superlative YouTuber. What do they say? A YouTube content provider who came up before me or any other conservative with the idea to call his channel Mr. Reagan. His name is Chris Coles, and he's a good friend of the show. We've actually done kind of cross-pollinated simulcast. That's how cool we are. Chris, welcome back. Oh, thank you, Sebastian Gorka. Uh, We have done some cross-pollinated simulcasts and uh, i consider you a friend and uh, i'm very happy to be on the show thank you so much well you're very very welcome for those who aren't familiar uh, chris has the mr reagan channel on youtube you can follow him at mr reagan usa on twitter i love his products we're going to talk about the latest one i watched about a certain man who i will not call general he is simply mark milley but first things first this is one-on-one, where we get to go deeper dive with our good friends, the big issues of the day. For those who are not familiar with your work, who, you know, are uh, intrigued by how you got to be where you are today, tell our millions of listeners and viewers who you are, where you came from, and what you're doing right now. (laughs) I'm just an average guy. And let let me tell you, I've been thinking about this lately, about white men. This is kind of a weird thing. But you know how the left. Are, are you going to get intersectional and... on me, Chris? Are you just going to go straight yeah, am, yeah, in yeah, with yeah. the intersectional? <laughs> well, I've just been thinking about this because you know how the left likes to divide us up into our demographic groups and say this group's better than that group right. or whatever. Well, I've noticed that some of us kind of fall for it a little bit. <laughs> and I've noticed that there is, a, for real, like I, I feel like in regular life, conservative women tend to be outspoken and bold. Conservative black, black conservatives. Black Americans who are conservative, very bold. White men, we have become a bit more demure over the years. We have stopped speaking boldly and articulately and clearly and aggressively because the feminists call us aggressive. They say we're the problem. And so white men tend to just say, all right, I'll just be quiet. I'll sit back. You know, if you're going to call me aggressive, I'll be the opposite of aggressive. I'll just be chill. And now is not the time for that. I think that conservative white men need to speak up more. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that there are no conservative white men that speak up. You speak up, but you're an immigrant, see? So you have some kind of like something interesting you're, you're going about intersectional you. again. He's an immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's how the left looks at us. They judge us. And then I think we're afraid to speak out uh, and speak up. And uh, yeah, and and at one point I decided that it was something that somebody else needed to do other than the few people who were on YouTube at the time. This is a couple years ago. And I said, some some idiot's got to grab a microphone and a camera and do another show. And I thought, oh, I have a microphone and a camera. 
I'm the idiot. <laughs> hang on, hang on. So you're getting straight to the heart of the issue, skipping over what I actually asked you. You could be a politician, nicely done. So you didn't just oh, gra- you didn't you didn't just grab a camera and a microphone because you knew how to use a camera and a microphone. So tell us, who is Chris Coles? Where do you hail from? What did you do prior to becoming Mr. Reagan? Okay, well, okay, I am a regular guy. I'm from Oregon. Right. You can't get more sort of normal American than Oregon. I know people think of Portland as like crazy leftist area, but basically everybody else in everywhere else in uh, Oregon, people are pretty normal. Right. We're like from the Midwest, essentially. And I moved down to L.A. because I wanted to write films. I wanted to make films. I wanted to direct films, that kind of stuff. Um, I got into acting a little bit and, uh, you know, played around with that somewhat. Um, and one thing that was very frustrating for me is just the connections. Like everything in LA is about connections. Who do you know? And I didn't know anybody, you know? So when you, you have that situation, you want to start maybe producing your own content. So I got a little cheap $300 camera. I got a $25 lens, uh, and I started making, uh, short films. And then one day I, I was watching, I think probably Ben Shapiro or something like that. And uh, there was no more Ben Shapiro. There's no more Crowder. There was like I'd seen everything that there was for that week. And I thought, ah, somebody else needs to do this. And that's when I thought, well, I have the equipment here. And so I started shooting it. People thought originally that I had been doing YouTube for a long time. They just hadn't found me because my quality was like at the time it wasn't that great, but it was a little better than what most people were doing. Yeah. And people were like, oh, wow, this guy's professional. He must have been doing this for a long time. Why don't why have we just heard about him? But no, I had I'd really just started. I just vaguely knew how to use a camera decently and how to use a microphone and the video that catapulted you to uh youtube stardom let's talk about that a little bit so explain your infamous aoc video yeah that was an interesting uh uh which time in my life was it first the gillette um razors or was it aoc was it the gillette razors yeah the first video that i did that really blew up and, and got my channel attention was this Gillette parody, right? You, you remember the Gillette oh, ad yeah. where they were essentially saying like, don't be a man. Men are horrible. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't be so toxic. Be a be a better person. And, uh, you know, they, they had some racial stuff in there, like all the bad guys in the video were white, and then their, like, black friends would stop them from, like, hitting on a girl or something <laughs> like that. If they were the hero guy, you know. It was just such a leftist, you know, dream commercial. And, uh, you know, but the, the dialogue in the in the video, in the ad, the voiceover narration um, was was very left wing. It was, you know, it was the way that they talk about things. Where they don't want to expose their real intentions, but they want to try to convince you to be better because they know that you're not good enough as a man, you know. And so I just took that, you know, that voiceover. I took the ad mostly as it is. There was a couple of cuts in there, but uh, and I did my own voiceover, which more obviously and clearly stated what their intention was, which was to say, like, uh, you know, men are terrible. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be a man. Every man should transition. I didn't say that. But, you know, I, I made it clear what they were saying in, right. in simple terms. And that just by itself was funny. And people really resonated with it. And it got, you know, well over a million views. And the only issue with that was I wasn't in the video. It was just my voice. So nobody knew who I was or knew what I looked like. So my channel had gotten some exposure, but I hadn't.
And then uh, the video in which you appear that truly uh, marked you as a, as a conservative coming out of the, the Hollywood closet was the AOC one. Give us just a little synopsis of uh, that video and why you think it resonated so virally. Yeah, I mean, I think with a lot of journalists, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'd consider myself a journalist, but a lot of times, you know, you just have a confluence of information that kind of happens at once, right? You're sort of reading the tea leaves, you're looking at what's going on, and you're asking the right questions right. at the right time. <clears throat> and in my case, I noticed that AOC in interviews would, you know, she was she obviously didn't know what she was talking about. She had no idea anything about politics, and yet occasionally she would come out with some historical, you know, racial injustice, like redlining something I hadn't heard of before she brought it up. And so she'd go and talk about these like minute details and like throw out names of uh, people historically that I'd never heard the names of that were in her mind, civil rights heroes or something like that. And I'm thinking, how the hell does she know these like minute details about American history? And yet when asked about you know, her, her opinion on something like, you know, the Israeli-Palestine conflict. <laughs> yeah, she has no idea what the hell she's talking about. So right. obviously she's being coached, right? Obviously right. there's people who know what they're talking about and saying, you know, say this, say this, say this in the interview. And presumably also telling her how to vote and, you know, how to, you know, giving her legislation to get passed, stuff like that. Um, and so I started looking into it. I actually went to CPAC. And I ran into a senator, I don't remember who it was, and I said, hey, who do you think is, um, is, is pulling the strings of AOC? Yeah. So he gave me a name, which was Saikot Chakrabarti. Right. Right. And Saikot had just done an interview in Politico. They'd just done this big piece on him. He was the campaign manager for AOC. And I, so I started looking up videos on him. I started looking up everything I could find on this guy. And just by some chance, some like beautiful timing, um, when I came back from CPAC, I'm looking up videos on this guy, and they just put out a video. That is this group called Justice Democrats, yeah. which Saikot Chakrabarti is a part of and AOC was a part of. And they basically just admit in the video, and this is what I was talking about to you yesterday, Democrats are becoming less and less sneaky about their tactics, about what they're doing. You know, I used to love exposing people on my channel, but now they just expose themselves. You right. know, they they don't they don't care to hide their criminality, their corruption. And in this case, they were very proud of the fact that this wasn't uh, AOC wasn't really the acting representative for the 13th district of New York. She was just a puppet for this group, Justice Democrats, the key thing about the video, and guys, you've got to watch it. Let's uh, put it at the top of our Twitter and our Facebook feeds right now. It, it, it's just that she was, you know, she auditioned for a part for the Justice yeah. Democrats and the DSA, the Democratic Socialists of America, and then she was just kind of manufactured. And uh, guys, you need to watch that video. Let's jump to your latest video. This is the one I just... So here's the, the, the strange confluence of events. It's Wednesday in the studio. We're prepping for the show. And we're, we're in the pre-production <laughs> meeting. And Jeff, we're talking about Millie and the latest Bob Woodward garbage. And, and he says, does, does this guy really believe it? Does he really believe that he's meant to undermine the will of the American people, tell the Chinese if we're about to launch nuclear weapons and that white rage really caused January the 6th? 
And and I go, you know, I, I think so, but I'm not sure. I get home, or on the way home, I'm listening to your latest YouTube product, uh, which the cover of which is this, which is delightful. The thumbnail is absolutely, yeah, that, oh my, I didn't even recognize the Antifa patch on his chest. That's just marvelous. Um, with Millie with pink hair. And, and you answered the question in literally the first, um, I don't know, 60 seconds, because you said, well, I, I didn't need a high level source inside the Pentagon. I just went to Wikipedia. And I saw where this guy went to school and he didn't go to the, you know, New York military academy that Donald Trump went to. He went to Princeton and Berkeley, which means he's been marinating. Columbia, 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 Princeton and Columbia, which means he's been marinating in this garbage for 50 years. So, Chris, um, first things first, I'm just going to say kudos to you because you know what i haven't seen anybody in the mainstream the alternative the uh putative nominal conservative media just do the basic research that you did in that brief video chris yeah and and what was really striking to me was that his bachelor's degree was in politics yes that's the name not 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 geopolitics not international affairs politics Yeah, not political science, is politics. And so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, man, this guy knew exactly what he wanted to do from a very young age. I think his father was in the military, and he had he had it figured out. You know, he had it figured out. He Just like somebody might, you know, move up the ranks at Nike or some other corporation, Google, something like that, you know, somebody might think, oh, you know what, I want to be uh, a head of industry or I want to be a big shot here or there. Millie's thought was, you know, I want to be um, a big dog in the military. That's going to be my career. And so he planned it from the beginning. And so now he's got the job that he wants. I also make the point in my video, by the way, just look at this this, uh, clip of him here, that um, he does look the part. I mean, he looks like a hard ass. You know, he looks like the kind of guy. But it's manufactured. I mean, this is the point. You, You make the point that, you know, Eisenhower could kick your ass. Millie would probably fall over his, you know, wattle under his neck and, you know, the rolls of fat or trip over the, the metal ribbons. If, if you look at Patton in, in dress uniform, he's got about three metal ribbons. This guy's got 14 rows of metal ribbons. And I don't think he fought in World War Two like Patton did. So you make this point that it's, it's artifice, Chris, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the question that you raised with your producer is the right question. And but either answer is terrible, right? Yeah. So the question is, does this guy believe what he's saying about white rage and all this nonsense? Is, is he really that absurd? Or is he just playing the political game? Is he trying to appease his overlords in the yeah. Democrat Party? Not, neither, right? neither answer is good. But exactly right. That's the point. And, you know, he, he betrayed Trump very early on uh in a very public way well not early on but you remember when uh trump walked to that church that was burned down by yeah, st john's the episcopal antifa, lafayette square trump. right the, 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 exactly. the blm and antifa tried to firebomb to the ground the church where abraham lincoln went to pray before he was inaugurated as president just little you know small historic detail i mean unbelievably despicable act you know, by these thugs, right? And what is their punishment? Nothing. Is Nothing. the FBI hunting down the people that burned down the church? No, they're hunting down, 
you know, peaceful protesters, literally peaceful protesters from January 6th, but I digress. Uh, after Trump walked to the church, there was some photos of General Milley in the entourage, and General Milley comes out and says, oh, look, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have been there. That was really terrible. And I'm thinking, like, you work for Donald Trump. That's your boss. Show a little respect. Yeah. You know, stand behind him and say what they did to that church was terrible. You know, we did not clear the square in order to go to the church. That was something that was planned by the Park Service or whatever. That had nothing to do with us. You know, he should have defended Trump, but instead he stabbed him in the back. And I, and I think he should have been fired right then and there. But it, it's tough to know who your friends are sometimes, you know, because I do think that General Milley is one of these people who probably says everything you want to hear to your face. Oh, you know oh well, I mean? you know, you know that at the beginning of the administration, he made MAGA noises. And then when he saw the writing on the wall, he, he went all, you know, pink hair and white rage and CRT. That's who he is. He's, he is a political animal. He's not a soldier and he's a traitor. The title for your video is correct. Millie yeah. is a traitor. Guys, watch the video. We're posting it right now. I have to ask you somebody, and I think you say this in several of your videos, you still have buddies who aren't, you know, hardcore conservatives or definitely not MAGA people who are still in the, the, the arts industry. Do you get any input from them on this whole Millie fiasco? Do they think it's cool to have somebody undermine the will of the American people and the commander-in-chief? Do you get any input from your buddies who, who aren't on the MAGA train? No, uh, and I'll tell you why. People who are just transitioning to becoming a conservative uh, or becoming a Republican or, you know, just moving away from being a leftist, um, they're really, uh, you know, they're very basic in their perception of what's going on politically because it's, it's very tough, I think, to live in the Democrat delusion because it's a whole – it's a whole ecosystem, right? Uh, they want you to believe that big is beautiful, you know, that, uh, that people will find fat people just as attractive as thin <laughs> and fit people, right? They want you to believe that. Yeah. And I know that's a very, uh, you know, superficial example, but it's a good example because it's something that you can see with your own eyes, right? Well, they, the they, they, majority... they want to believe – I mean, we played this clip uh, on the show from Will Witt from PragerU. You know, they, they, they want they, – ha if you're in that ecosystem, you have to believe that if you don't want to date – if you're – and you don't want to date a, quote, woman who has a penis, that means you are a transphobe. I mean, that is the insanity, Chris, of the world they live in. No, I did a video. Uh, I have this second channel called Mr. Pagan, where I talk like this the whole time and I pretend to be a leftist. And I, you know, I defend all their points. And I tried to defend Biden by saying, look, his plan to leave all the military equipment in Afghanistan was actually brilliant because just like millennials have been spoiled and they've all become bisexual, so too should we spoil the, the Taliban and the more we spoil them, the more likely they are to become trans. And if they become trans, they can't live in Afghanistan because they'll be killed. So they'll all have to move to America. They'll get American husbands because in America, if you think that you can't date a trans woman just because she has a penis, then you're some kind of a bigot. And so they'll all, Amer they'll all marry American husbands. But because of Sharia law, they'll have to obey their husbands. So then we'll control the Taliban. <laughs> oh, so you, are, you, are, you, you have... You have, you have 
bl black pilled yourself into oblivion that, that is that is very very impressive you got to follow his uh, mr pagan you. channel as well uh, dear friends this is a man who speaks the truth that's why we're here one-on-one -on -one, to speak the truth in this insane insane world somebody else who's been doing that for decades who's a massive patriot who saved new york twice is of course our buddy america's mayor they're trying to destroy him it's not about canceling him it's destroying him stripping him of his law licenses bankrupting him and getting him a dock on false charges please support him rudy giuliani needs your help rudy giuliani freedom fund.com make a contribution today to a man who's done so much for this country not just for new york that's rudy giuliani freedom fund.com okay chris let's let's talk about perhaps the most important social aspect of, of, of who you are you were in the industry. I mean, you're an actor, you're a yeah, writer, and, and now you are one of the funniest, best, wittiest, incisive, conservative content providers uh, on, on you know, YouTube and elsewhere. What price have you paid for that? What, what has your journey been like since you made those first videos about the, you know, the Gillette toxic masculinity or who is the who are the puppet masters behind AOC, because you're still very cheerful. And that's why it's so fun to watch, mm. you know, your take on everything. Has it been a hard journey? Share, share, share your experience with our millions of viewers and listeners. The, the hardest thing has been being suppressed by YouTube. To me, that is the worst thing that's happened to me. Um, it, transitioning away from Hollywood was the right choice for me uh, because Hollywood was becoming so woke um, a few years back. I mean, even before I came to Hollywood, I came to Hollywood a little like 10 years ago. And um, even then it was very difficult. I tried to get into a writing program at, um, I think it was ABC. And I had a friend who was a writer at ABC. And he said, uh, you know, I, I sent him a couple of scripts and I said, can you get me into this writing program? It's a, it's a way for young writers to get some exposure, get some connections. And he said, I'm not going to write you a recommendation for this um, for this organization because you're never going to get in. It's not for white people. Like, it's not that for white men. That was 10 it's, years ago? Yeah, yeah. And he's married to a black woman. So he's not <laughs> – so he's not – it's not as if he's like a, a jaded, you know, white racist male. I mean, this is, this is just the way it is, right? Right. And he's like, you will not get in. You can get in if you're a woman. You can get in if you're gay. You can get in if you're black, something like that. But you're never going to get in as a, as a white guy. You're just never going to get in. So I'm not going to write your recommendation. He said, but I love this script so much that I'm going to send it to my agent. And uh, that kind of fell through. I had another person that wanted to uh, pitch my script to NBC. That fell through as well, which is very frustrating. Um, it's it's very difficult. I had a, a good friend. He's a director out here, and he's directed some phenomenal stuff. I mean, big name stuff. And his manager called him up and said, "Look, we're not getting any scripts in. You're not going to get hired anytime soon. You're a straight white male. Everybody in Hollywood knows it, and nobody wants to work with straight white men anymore." So his manager, I'm not kidding. This was this was legitimately what the manager told him as a strategy to try to get work. They said, come out as like gender non-binary, yeah. come out as pansexual, as something questioning, like that. questioning. Yeah, questioning. Come out as bisexual. You never have to be with a guy. Just, just say you're bisexual and you'll start to get work. And he, and he just said, no, I'm not going to do that. And he, he moved to Europe and he started making films there. 
because he couldn't. He I mean, that, couldn't that's insane. I mean, that, that, that story is insane, Chris. But, but here's the question, you know, I keep, I keep being told by people in the industry or the cynics or whatever that at the end of a, the day, filthy lucre matters. And then it's the money that speaks in Hollywood. But it, don't they realize that if they go down this avenue where you can't hire white heterosexual men, you're just going to be pumping yep. out garbage for 1% of the population. I mean, look at the Star Wars franchise. Look at Star Trek. I mean, destroyed, destroyed, destroyed. Is there any moment? And maybe the, the delusion is too deep. Maybe the indoctrination is too deep. But are there any indications that market forces may be a corrective? Uh, well, I'll tell you, you know, some people have that theory. I'm not so convinced that that's going to happen. And the problem is the Hollywood parties, right? So you get all these leftists in a room together having drinks, talking about how fabulous their trip to Monaco was, right? And they want to congratulate each other on, you know, what amazing charitable work they're doing, right? It used to be that you'd say, what charity are you giving to? What charity are you involved in? Now it's what show are you producing that helps black people or whatever, right? Uh, this is this is the idea. And so it's a virtue signal to your Hollywood friends. I don't think that's going to end anytime soon. But you hit the nail on the head talking about, you know, how these, you know, get woke, go broke. Nobody's watching fiction on television anymore because it's all got this political message tied to it. Yeah. And I was I'm just coming out with a video about this shortly. We all understand, of course, stories suffer when you put political messaging ahead of the quality of the story. But what also fails are the characters, because if you think about it, a lot of these characters, like Rey from Star Wars, yeah. what is Rey? Rey is just a clone of Luke Skywalker, right? But Grows she's, up on a but she's perfect, and she has no weaknesses. That's the difference. That's, right. She's, she's, not, a, she's a not a brat. She's not a brat who learns to be a man. She's just perfect. Right. She's, she's called a, that's called a Mary Sue. Mary Sue. That's what we call Mary Sue, right? right. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible, terrible type of a character who can do no wrong. She's super perfect. And the reason she's super perfect is because, you know, women are the best, right? Feminism. Feminism, yay. And, yeah, so she's this very bad clone of Luke Skywalker. But if you think about it, even if you gave her some of the struggles of Luke, it wouldn't, it wouldn't resonate. And the reason it wouldn't resonate is because the struggles of a young white man are different than the struggles of a young white woman are different maybe than the struggles of a black guy or, or, a, or an Asian, an old Asian lady or something like that. You know what I mean? Different kinds of people from different right. walks of life have different struggles. And so they're creating these characters that are very inauthentic. But not, but, 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 but not only that, they're boring. If you're perfect, they, if you are a figure who right. is picked up on a desert planet, knowing how to use the force magically with no training then there's nothing interesting about you. You're boring. You don't go to Dagobah. You don't get your hand chopped off. Perfection is boring. But I guess, you know, not, I, not, I, I know less. That, what? Not only that, think about, think about how she was, she was abandoned by her parents. She's essentially a street kid growing up on the streets. Yeah. But she speaks perfect English, <laughs> and she's like the best fighter, uh, you know, with a bow staff on the Magically. Planet. I mean, yeah. Imagine she has no mentors, but she's just magically amazing. No, no, no. You're 100% right. We're talking about two different problems here. There's the problem of being so perfect you're boring. And there's <laughs> the problem with, with mimicking other kinds of stories and other kinds of characters that don't resonate with this character. There's right. no woman on earth that watches Ray in Star Wars and goes, oh, she's just like me. Yes. Because she's written essentially as a dude. And there's no guy that resonates her with her, really. And so you've got this character that doesn't resonate with anyone. It's boring 
to your point. Right. And these writers in Hollywood are they will not write an authentic woman. They won't write an authentic black person. They won't write an authentic homosexual. And the reason they won't write these people as authentic is because you would have to give them genuine weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd have, have to, to give make them psychological them, struggles, right. and you'd have to make them and, flawed. And a, a woman cannot be flawed. Just look at the right. Ghostbusters remake, uh, <laughs> guys. If you enjoy one on one, please support those who make our shows possible. Especially Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, the pillow that never gets hot, never loses shape. Really, really changed my ability to get a good night's sleep. Check it out for yourself. There's a reason he sold more than 50 million of them. Why my whole team uses them, and President Trump loves them. Support this great man. Use my name, and Michael give you up to 66% off. Go to mypillow.com or call 800 829 8468. That's 800 829 8468. Mypillow.com, mypillow.com, promo code G O R K A. Right at the beginning of our discussion, Chris, follow this man, uh, Mr. Reagan USA, on Twitter, uh, Mr. Reagan on YouTube. Right at the beginning of our discussion, you mentioned, I asked you to talk about yourself and you didn't you talked about uh, the issue of manliness and, and i want to yeah. go straight to this because this for me is the biggest issue right now I, 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 and it, well actually it's related to everything i mean it's related to covid it's related to, to to everything basically talking honestly about the last election they a lot of people say oh oh political correctness is bad you you couldn't make a movie like blazing saddles today uh, yeah, that's true, but that's not the issue. The issue is you couldn't make a movie like The Magnificent Seven today, okay? The issue isn't what you can make jokes about. Our civilization doesn't end or uh, stand or fall based upon the survival of humor. It stands or falls on the concept of courage, of having male role models that men can look up to. The reason Jordan Peterson went from being an obscure Canadian professor nobody's heard about to being a, a role model for millions is because he said, you want, you want you know, responsibility and success? Clean your stinking room. I mean, like any father would say to their son, you know, 50, 40, 30 years ago. So, so talk to me about this issue. Do you agree with me, Chris Coles? That the biggest challenge we face isn't the Mary Sue's of the Star Wars world, but the fact that young men in Western Christian civilization don't have a role model. And when a real alpha dog comes along, like my old boss, Donald Trump, he is crucified 24 hours a day, seven days a week for four years. Isn't that the, the, the heart of the matter? But he's also revered by those in the public who are just absolutely thirsty for honesty, boldness, strength. And and this is exactly what I was talking about before. Like, you know, men need to be men. I think conservatives are willing to be men, but there's also a tendency to be the strong, silent type. And we need to be a bit more bold with how outspoken we are. Yeah. We can't be afraid that some SJW is going to scream at us because we said what we genuinely think, right? We need to develop the ammunition, the rhetorical ammunition to fight back. We're not going to punch people in the face, but we need to be able to speak clearly uh, and effectively and just take these people down. They're so absurd. And this idea that, that men shouldn't speak, that they should be listened to, you know, you're mansplaining, you're not allowed to talk. 
I, I, somebody, I, I noticed that they're remaking The Wonder Years as a black show. And somebody said, they got to stop remaking these shows. This is on Twitter, right? they got to stop remaking these shows. And somebody goes, oh, just because they're making an all-black cast, you don't like it, right? And just immediately, people want to shut you down and not let you speak. This was a tactic in the 90s. They would call you a racist or they would call you a homophobe or they'd say that, uh, you know, you're, you're a sexist. And this has just become the established way of attacking a straight white male. If you're a straight white male, you will be attacked as a bigot no matter what you say. So straight white males have sort of receded into the background and said, okay, I'll just be quiet then. You, you know, that way you can't attack me and call me a bigot. We can't be afraid to be called bigots. You know, we know it's a lie. We know it's absolute nonsense. So we have to just stand up and be a little bit more bold. I also think that our society, for, for those who aren't strong enough to at least be the strong and silent type, but are weak on every level, you know, I think that we're very indulged, right? We live in wealth like the world has never seen. Even yeah. if you're like a lower class American, you live better than the kings did, you know, 2000 years ago, 200, you know, 200 years ago. We live in such luxury, right? We all have these amazing big screen, flat screen TVs. We all have iPhones that we can- Air conditioning, fresh book, food. Right. Exactly. Right. right. It's unbelievable what wealth we live in. And I think it's made us soft to some degree. Growing up in Oregon was very good for me. You know, you had to ride horses, you had to ride dirt bikes, you had to go camping and stuff like that. And that's just not something everybody gets to grow up with anymore. You know, people are coddled, I think, a little too much today. No, absolutely. Um, have, have you found around you, I'm curious, um, a resonance with this message that people... And because it's not just... You know, standing, you, you say you have to be okay with being called a bigot because that's what they do. That's how they've completely denuded the <laughs> yeah. word racist or Nazi from any content because if you disagree with a Democrat, you're a Nazi. But it's more than that. Don't we have to step up and use an offensive posture, not be on the defensive? I, I find the most useful, it's Saul Alinsky, sadly, but Saul Alinsky was right in, in this respect. You've got to make the other side live by their own rules. And when they yeah. fail to, you've got to shed a massive light on their hypocrisy. So when they're the bigots, when they're opening the borders and 300 Haitian mothers are giving birth under a bridge, guess who the racists are? Not the conservatives. It's the Biden administration. So there has to be a robustness to throw that vituperative language back in their face. Or, or is, that, is that too combative? Where do you stand on that? Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, we definitely do that. You know, anytime the uh, left breaks their own rules, we call them out on it. Right. So they I mean, uh, you know, the bigotry thing is is probably the most egregious problem where they will do things that I mean, they infantilize black people. It's yes. ridiculous how they infantilize black. I mean, they treat black people as if they're children. Right. Well, oh, they, they, we can't, can't. they don't know how to use the Internet. They don't know how to get yeah. an I.D., um, they're confused about where to get their vaccination. Why? Because they're black. I mean, that's racism. No, no. Look, for those of you who just listened to Sebastian Gorka say that the Democrats will say that black people don't know how to use the Internet, that's not hyperbole. Joe Biden literally said that black people don't know how to use the Internet. I mean, it's insane how they – I mean – it's, it's like the old days when they used to think that black people weren't 100 percent human. You yes. know what I mean? Like, that's how the Democrats think of black people. It is 
insane. It's twisted. So you call them out on this, of course, as much as you can. And we do. You know, you see it. In, but I think at this point, especially with the COVID restrictions and like Newsom going to the French Laundry and all this kind of stuff, we, we realize that the left definitely does not play by the rules that they set for everyone else. You know, it's rules for, for thee, not for me. We know that that's their position. And I think and this is something I've been I talked to you about the other day. It's hard for me to figure out how to expose the left anymore because they're so open with their hypocrisy. They're so open with their corruption. They don't seem to care to hide it as much as they right. used to. They try to hide a little bit, but nothing like what they used to. It's so obvious now. You have many Democrats across the country saying, OK, this is even too crazy for me. Yeah. Right? These people are obviously – you know, the, the uh, Politico came out with an article – yesterday or something like that uh somebody's come out with a book now i don't remember who it was i i only skimmed this news recently that verifies the hunter biden laptop right. and they're only a year late don't worry the, the fake news industrial complex has verified that the emails were real that we knew a year ago and when we posted about it the new york times was blocked i mean yeah that, 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 that's but you the know they knew it was real back when of we were course they knew it. But now it doesn't matter because he's been elected. Um, we're talking to Chris Coles. Follow him, Mr. Reagan, on YouTube and also Mr. Reagan USA on Twitter. You will not regret it. Um, dear friends, um, okay, let, let, let's, let's end on this question. You're really good at what you do. You're really good at, at, at providing entertaining and, and informative content on stuff that's relevant. Give us your diagnostic as, as, a, as a media professional what is our side weakest at? What is it we have to get better at doing, especially in comparison to the left's domination of, let's use that awful phrase, narrative building? Yeah, I, well, for me, it's, it's really cultural. Um, the Democrats have Hollywood locked up. They have social media locked up. They have the essence of, like, who's cool. They have all that sort of locked up, right? I mean, you look at the, the uh, what was the Met Gala, right? Yeah. All the coolest people are at the Met Gala, right? But they're all a bunch of flipping Democrats. You know, there, there are a couple of bastions of conservative thought and conservative values, like country music, right? That's an entertainment segment that we have locked up. But just about everything else is dominated by liberal politics, like every TV show, every movie. And the, the problem with that, see, the problem I found is whenever I talk about popular culture, you know, I know you like popular culture. You like Star Wars. You like all that kind of stuff. But a lot of conservatives, they don't like fiction. Yeah. And the reason, that, the reason conservatives don't care for fiction is because they don't really want to disappear into a fantasy world. They want to live in the real world. But Democrats, think about it. They love disappearing into fantasy world. <laughs> Their political position is fantasy. You know what I mean? Black people are oppressed. White people are all racist. Uh, you know, fat women are stunningly beautiful. You know what I mean? Like all this, these ideas that just they, – they're not compatible with reality. You know, some guys love fat girls. Okay, I should say that. But the vast majority of guys don't. It's a harsh reality. It's, it's, maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's terrible. But it's the, just the way the world is. And I think conservatives like to look at the world the way it actually is, because the, you can only really solve problems if you can identify what the real problems are. No, that, I, know, I, I think that's a very sound analysis. But what does that mean in terms of being effective? Do we have to embrace storytelling? What, what, what is the so what of that observation? Well, I, I do think that conservatives have to be a little bit more invested in 
in what our children are growing up with, right? What our children are growing up with in terms of stories, in terms of cartoons, in terms of uh, movies and stuff like that. I think in the 80s, despite the fact, like my parents didn't like movies in the 80s because they had a lot of swear words and they were were a little provocative here and there, some nudity, stuff like that. But if you go back and watch those movies, a lot of them had sincerely positive messages. And conservative messages. Conservative. About success, entrepreneurship, manliness. Yeah. Yeah, work hard, be brave, all these kinds of great messages. And today they've got, you know, the message is essentially diversity is our strength. Women are better than men. Black people are better than white people. And that's basically it. Those are all the messages that you ever get. And it's terrible. And kids are growing up with this stuff. I think we need to figure out, you know, I think everybody knows that one of our biggest weaknesses is academia. There are just not a lot of conservatives in academia. So you have kids growing up going to school in elementary school, in college. Uh, and then, and then, you know, just learning about this socialist, the socialist ideology, and being told that like conservative ideas are evil, and then all the movies tell them the same thing. And when you're a kid, you're very influenced by powerful people, by people who seem impressive actors and stuff like that. So it's very easy to manipulate kids and to make them think this is the right idea. And if we neglect that. We're neglecting our kids. We're neglecting the next generation of people coming up. And I do think we need to focus a little bit more on, on both academia and getting conservatives in there. And, you know, I think we're doing a good job with politics. You know, I think the Democrats are doing a better <laughs> job than we are of producing conservatives. But when it comes to entertainment and, and fiction, we don't think people are as motivated uh, as they are because we're not we're not compelled by fiction so much conservatives yeah. are not Here, so we think democrats wouldn't be but they are they really are here's uh, my um very layman's summary of that we need to get good at selling the truth how about that i like that that's beautiful that's let's do it beautiful. that's on your bumper sticker god bless you chris Coles. you are a man amongst men and this is One on One with me, Sebastian Gorka. Subscribe today. Tell your friends. Share this link. Give us a review and support those who make this show possible. You know who they are. And check out our merch store. It's really cool. SebGorkaStore.com. God bless you, Chris. I'm Sebastian Gorka. Keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.